To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to Sports Talk with Coach Kurt, episode 72, man. We're back in the building, man, every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Lockdown Defense Podcast, these search engines on Twitch.tv, 4 slash Lockdown Defense Sports. I'm your host, Coach Defense, alongside with Coach Kurt. We're rocking and rolling, man. Episode 72 is live and direct in the airways, man, and in your living rooms and your earphones, man. We're here to bring in the news and views of yours truly. Coach Kurt, how you feeling out there, good brother? Hey, I'm feeling as good as Devontae Adams being a Raider and away from Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's going to be a that's gonna be a topic of discussion today. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into that, man, <laughs> and a bunch of other things, man. Um, Kyler Murray is in the news and not in a good way, you know. He, you know, he affecting other things, you know, when it comes down to other people and their money. You know, it's it's it's, it's funny to, to me how things uh, other people do, you know, have reverberate and have, you know, ugly ramifications for people that are not involved in those situations. You know, right? right. affecting the market with KD, Kyrie. You know, Kyler Murray's contract is is uh, well. Start with Deshaun Watson's contract. Then we get to Kyler Murray's contract and how that that uh, I guess you can say back and forth. You know, was made uh. Or contentious modes for people getting paid after Kyler. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's it's a, it's a wild, wild western, man. Is you know, pun intended about what's going on in NFL here, man. And uh yeah, let's let's get into it, man. Let's talk about Kyler Murray. Let's, let's talk about Kyler Murray <laughs> and his uh and his nonsense. We in the second we call the Kyler Murray report. So you know, it's funny, you know, because show to show, you know, things happen practically every day with this situation. You know, mm-hmm. it came out, you know, we broke the news that he, he got his contract, right? Everybody's happy, right. you know, thinking Cardinals, you know, going to try to make a, a push at this thing, you know, make a playoff run and things of that nature. Everything should be happy in, in Arizona, right? Right. And then coming around with less than 24 hours later, it comes out that uh, he has a clause in his contract that says that he has to uh, watch film independently. Four hours a week. For at least four hours a week. Yeah. Uh, on top of uh, what they do in in housing in a facility uh, during practice, so mm-hmm. that raised a lot of eyebrows and raised a lot of uh, I guess emotions from sports the sports media world. Coaches, I mean, a lot of people had weighed in on this topic and and gave their opinions on what they felt like uh, this meant for Kyler Murray and it what it meant for quarterbacks in general and what what it meant for uh, contracts that will be doled out. Um, and it could set an ugly precedence for down the line and then putting these stipulations in these contracts and and it will all ultimately be uh it could be a sticking point for people trying to get their money and have to fulfill these obligations in order to get their guaranteed money because that right. was a sticking point in the, con- the, the contract that if he didn't adhere to this it would void his guaranteed money mm-hmm. so he was up was upwards of about 160 million dollars in guaranteed money out of the 300 out of 230 somewhere around there yeah. Um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it was it was about it was a little more than half of what uh, he had in total um, that was guaranteed to him. So you know, had he not adhered to this mandate, then it would have been, um, you know, it would have been two hundred thirty million, two hundred thirty million five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So that would have been voided. But one hundred sixty was guaranteed. But right. yeah, it would have it would have been it would have called it would have kicked in a void of contract. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's 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 do, let's divide this up into two instances, I guess you can say, and get our opinions on both. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the clause and what it meant for uh, Kyler Murray? And then we'll get into the end result. We'll give our opinion on what the end result is. 
So I'm glad you asked this and I'm going to jump into what I had a problem with. Right. Okay. This is a contract mm -hmm. that's signed between team agent player. I had a real problem of how this became public. Well, that's easy because uh, all, all contracts, once they're signed, they're basically public record in a sense. I mean, it's a it's a process by which they go by it because the 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 team has to ratify the team has to ratify it. The the person involved in the contract has to sign it. The agent has to agree to it if there is an agent involved, and then it goes to the NFLPA. The NFLPA has to bless it, and then it becomes public record at that point. And so, that's where I had a, and that's where I have a problem with right. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing: if you want to make that a stipulation, mm -hmm. if you want to make that a clause, cool. I have a problem with that being allowed to get out because it don't look good for anybody. And I'm going to I'm going to be very honest. After listening to the Jamarcus Russell um, interview, interview on, on I am athlete, yeah, mm. on, on on the pivot. Was it on the pivot or I am athlete? Which one was it? The pivot. The pivot. Oh, it was on the pivot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have a real issue because I understand how narratives can be spun. Mm -hmm. Right now, let me tell you, I listen. Let me, let me let me add on to. I listened to two interviews. I listened to Asante Samuel on mm -hmm. I Am Athlete. Okay. I listened to Jamarcus Russell on the Pivot. Mm -hmm. Right. So Asante Samuel made it known he really. And again, after listening to the Asante Samuel, I'm gonna spin this really quick. After listening to Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel was a player. He said it. I watched three plays to give me keys, to give me cues. That's all I needed, right? Because my technique is my technique, but mm -hmm. I need to understand how fast this player is, what is this, what is that? That's all mm -hmm. I needed. Okay. So clearly, if going off his word, he didn't watch a lot of film. Mm -hmm. Now, Jamarcus Russell, narrative was spawned so much so that this man, a first-round pick, number one pick, after three years, didn't get back into the NFL. Right. Mm -hmm. Because of the whole, oh, we gave him a DVD. We gave him this with nothing on it. And then he went home. He said he watched it. But listening to what he said was, hey, I come in. I want to watch with coaches. I want to break this down. I want to do X, Y and Z. But here's where his caveat was. Mm -hmm. He said. The thing that wasn't yeah, talked about but was the behind the scenes feeling like I was being set up. So how are you going to ask me to give my all when I am going through things where I can see that people are not believing in me and they're actually sabotaging my life, right? He's like, so yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't. And because, and he's right or wrong, but he's like, I'm going to come back and tell you I watched it because I know that you setting my career up to do certain things. He's like, I am a player that like to sit in with the coaches, sit down and watch it, talk, talk about it, go over things, review, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not making excuses, but I can understand that as a player, like you want to be there with the offensive coordinator, your quarterback coach, go mm -hmm. over things, right? Discuss, go back and forth. What are you seeing? There's no right or wrong um, about that, but I can understand it. And I say all that to say this narratives, Let's not get it twisted. There's an amazing ability to spin a narrative that a certain player is certain things, but we never see both sides of it, right? We hear 
certain things come out and like, oh, this player is this and this player is that and these players. And you you start to create this narrative about somebody, but the whole totality of the story is never told. And so I say that to say this. Why would you even want that to get out? Why would you even why would you put that in per se a contract? Mm-hmm. And not keep that in a discussion like, look, Kyler, this is what we're going to expect out of you. This is what we're going to um, request out of you. As a quarterback, we want you doing film study. We want you doing certain things. And I say that because here's my thing, man. It didn't look good for either party. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the narrative that was being spun about Kyler. Now, say what you want. You may not like it, whatever, but there are certain players, and you mentioned this last week, saying that where he said, hey, I see things develop on the field, right? But I like what I heard people say. Look, if you believe that he's not accomplishing these things, he's not doing this, where are the coaches that are doing what they didn't do for Jamarcus? Mm. Hey, look, man, we're going to stay back for about an hour. We're going to sit here and watch film. Mike Tomlin said it. There's a lot of coaches that are running from being coaches. Mm. If I have a player, if I was coaching you and I know that you are my franchise linebacker, I know that you are the star of my defense, but I want you to watch film. If I don't believe you're going home to watch film, then we're going to watch film together at the, at the, at the, the venue. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, coach, let's sit. Hey, 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 coach defense, let's sit down. Let's watch this. What are you seeing right here? What are you looking at right here? What are your keys? What are this? What are that? I'm going to stay back and coach you because at the end of the day, we want results, right? Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy that part. Now, Kyler, hey, Kyler, if you're giving somebody the ability to muddy your name, you that is on you. But I also don't like where. It's a an intentional. Now that you signed this, we're gonna start doing. We're gonna we're gonna have something in there that almost insults your intelligence. I don't know how much of the contract that he read. I don't know how much of the line by line he went over. Because I would like to say, if you're my agent, mm-hmm. my lawyers, and you saw this in there and you didn't bring this up to me, you ain't got to worry about being my agent or my lawyer anymore. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point because I, I I tend to disagree with the idea that, you know, it getting out is the problem because honestly and truly, if you, you know, unless you, unless you, let's say bring to your point that they didn't, the agents and the lawyers didn't tell him, right? And he signed it uh, unknowingly that this was going to be a clause, right? But, if he did know, and I would like to believe he did know, because he didn't, when they talked to him about it, talked to the organization about it, it didn't seem like it was a shock. Like, he knew right. it was in the contract. So, from my perspective, I feel like that he knew, that the agent told him, and they all agreed to it prior to him signing it. So, it was almost like, for me, my instant reaction for us for this is that he was just chasing the money, and he was going to agree to any, you know, uh, you know, ridiculous clauses in his contract to allow him to get the amount of money that he wanted in a long-term stability that he was going to have with the organization. You know, but again, you can't sell your soul to the devil just for a dollar. I mean, let's be real about it. You know, that's that's the biggest problem. If that was your that was your sticking point, that was your purpose, or that was your aim, 
to get your money and then you were just going to agree to these little tidbit clauses and incentive, you know, latent things that were going to allow you to get this money, then you got to, you got to reevaluate your, your values. My guy, I mean, honestly, you really do. Yeah. Because yeah. if you, again, if these type of things are okay with you, then, you know, again, that says a lot. It says, says a lot. lot. It says a lot about you. And it also says a lot about, again, you got to realize that you're not only affecting yourself, but you're affecting, you know, quarterbacks go down the line. Let's be honest. We wouldn't be talking about the, the amount of money you was going to get or you was going to garner or want if Deshaun Watson didn't get his money. So Deshaun, Deshaun, what Deshaun did for you has allowed you to get a certain level of money, you know. So and then he don't have these, you know, these clauses in his contract that that you signed up for. Right. So you got to realize that Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, you know, going down the line, you know, the the newer, you know, Tua Tagovailoa, even in in that in that ball game. They they're all going to be adversely affected by you if you have negative connotations in your contract because they could honestly truly feel like you know say hypothetically they think Tua is, is in the same boat he's not watching the film they can put the same stuff in him and you are, are adversely affecting everybody down the line is going to be a quarterback getting their money that's a rookie or you yep. know or, or, or younger player than you so you got to look at it twofold you can't be selfish in a sense because nobody people weren't selfish with you because understand the quarterback market has been going up and up and up and everybody's right. demanding more money so. That you basically are standing on the shoulders of everybody that came before you, and that's what and that's what makes it makes it the worst, right? And I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that point up. That's what makes it the worst is that you're in. And, and let's say that he said, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna sign it because I know I watch film. I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? Dismissive four hours, whatever. We do that. I'm standing on my head. Mm-hmm. I think that is the uproar that people, some people got pissed off about because it was like, well, wait a minute. This could start being injected in other people's contracts. It could affect everybody. You know, little idiot things. Now, everyone should know there's been certain stipulations of um, clauses put in contracts, certain things like, hey, um, you're not allowed to do high risk activities. Right. You're not allowed to ride a motorcycle. You're not allowed to play basketball in the offseason because right. you could go out there, twist an ankle, right. tear a knee up. Somebody. Right. Those have been in contracts and people have talked about them. Mm-hmm. But this was at such a magnitude of, oh, your contract will be voided if you don't watch four hours of film and you have to not be distracted. Right. And it's like to me, that's like, wait a minute. Hold on, man. Am I a kid? Did you, exactly. And that's why I call it the immaturity clause. Yeah, it's, it's immaturity clause because it's two things that they play here. They well, three things. You also know he has a clause in the country. He's not allowed to play baseball either. Right. You do know that. Right. Yeah. So that that that, that part, too. So and they had not- to put that in there because when he was in the contract parts, going over and leveraging showing up at the baseball fields right uh, because he was a high draft pick in baseball very, so very high, he leveraged that like well i just go play baseball so now yeah. they have to put in there now nah, you ain't gonna be able to skate out but yeah mm-hmm. go ahead and finish up yeah so again it, it's the baseball clause you know that that's that's part of it and you also got to realize that it's it's uh you know the, the idea of him being socially media active like he's He's a Twitch streamer. Like he's a really yeah. good. One. He's a lot of. He has a large following when he's a Twitch streamer. I think he plays Call of Duty. Yeah. So you know he, he's a big streamer. So they see him. You know, I guess especially when it's in season, they see him going home and you know not loading up his iPad to watch film. He's loading up his stream studio to play Call right. of Duty. So right. it's like you know again, we need you to be focused on the on your quarterback 
in your craft that you get paid big money for rather than playing Call of Duty, you know, as you're like you're, you know, a, a high school kid. Or and college. and mm-hmm. they used his phrase against him where he said, I'm not going to kill myself mm-hmm. watching to watch film. Mm-hmm. Right. So that came back up again, too. It's like, you it know, did. I think that's where they use that because he's like, right. I ain't going to kill myself to watch film. I'm going to play my video games, big streaming, Twitch star. Right. 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 So that that equates to certain coaches of, oh, you ain't taking this as serious as you right. should. Correct. And it's also <laughs> it's something that I had to find out myself. Now, it makes a lot of sense that they do this, but um, everybody has an iPad and they use the They they audit it. They, they have an activity monitor on it. So if you don't turn it on at all, that's that's a that's a strike against you. And uh, if you turn it on and you don't you, I guess you can say if you don't. You just let it run, you know, kind of yeah. like you kid, kind of like the kids used to do with Zoom. Like they would just just put the Zoom up and let it run, and they would be sleep in class. You know, the yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. I'm I'm active, you know, kind right. of thing. So you know, you can't knock me for not being in class because my strip my session was up, you know, during the pandemic. So people, you know, glad a lot of players were doing that. So they said that well, if you only watched the film once, he never rewinded it. He never, you know, went back and looked at certain plays. He never, you know, wanted to see another thing, any instance of the game twice. Or more than that, then that's that's a that's a red flag as well. So they was like, well, clearly this guy isn't taking it as serious as, as as we want him to. So we want to put something in to allow us to you know make, you know help him better you know be better at film study. But but his particular opinion on it was that he felt like that you know outside of what they do in the facility, you know, is pretty much he's good. Like he 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 understands you know what um, from a I guess you could say uh, intelligence standpoint that he feel like he can, you know, get by with uh, just watching, you know, going over the key points in, in, in practice. He can go home and just chill. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of ugliness here. I mean, we can go all day on this particular topic, but my, my problem is that one, you even, you know, I get, you would even, you know, put your hand, pen to paper to sign this particular, you know, because it's a slap in the face. Yeah. Face. Now, granted, you know, you are, it's also an indictment on Kyler too, because if they even, you, they shouldn't have to do this. You know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't question your, your, your discipline and diligence to your craft, right? right. And that's been a narrative that is, right? Yeah, and that's right. been a narrative that has been thrown out there. And there's, and I think, I think we come from a place where, let's use a movie quote: "You can think I'm dumb, but don't say I'm dumb." Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that narrative of, oh, I'm not going to allow you to think that I don't get it. Don't right. I'm not going to let you know, I'm not going to let this narrative be out here that I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not somebody that cares. I'm not somebody that 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 goes. I'm not a dog. Let's, let's sum it up. I'm not a dog. And that's the narrative that have been that has been permeated throughout when, mm-hmm. when we're talking about Kyler, the questioning the doubt, the is he is truly he committed? is he committed? He's committed right. Yeah, truly really committed. So let me let me ask you this question. And I, and I think we pro- we share a similar opinion on this, but I'm gonna ask you this question. Yeah. Um, just for the masses. So do you feel like that, just the quarterback position? We're not talking about any other position. Just the quarterback position, because you mentioned Asante Samuel being a quarterback in the in the in the league prior to this, right? But at the quarterback position in NFL, do you feel like that that particular position can get by without watching a lot of film? No, I don't think so either. No, not that position. No, that is a second position on offense that touches the football each and every 
time. Absolutely. And like it or not, you automatically are placed in a position of leadership as a quarterback because truly your you your ability that the team kind of goes how the quarterback goes and if you're not able to process information mm -hmm. at a very high clip and i get it i listen i don't feel i feel very um what's the word i'm very sensitive to quarterbacks because mm -hmm. you're dealing with pressure from two places, right? Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. dealing with pressure from outside looking fans mm -hmm. and you're dealing with pressure inside from not only yourself, your teammates and coaches that are levying the wins and losses on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's difficult, but to answer your question, I don't see how as a quarterback, that you don't watch film because you're having to process so defensive much. so much information, yes, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. and here's 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 the truth of it. We 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 might not want to bring bring race into it, but when you have the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Man, that is the gold standard it of is. the quarterback position. It, it is. And when these guys are Peyton Manning, hours mm -hmm. on hours. Of film study, Tom Brady, but throw, throw Russell Wilson in there too because he he right. brought in Peyton Manning just for the express interest of watching film with him in the off season. To t and here's the thing: I hope people pick up on. Do not get this twisted. Film study is a skill that has to be taught, and that's why a lot of players, when you hear them talk about it, mm -hmm. they say this player taught me how to watch film right because right. it's something that is listen don't think that every college program high school program these players are going into the nfl understanding really how to watch film it yeah. is something i.e russell wilson bringing in uh, a Peyton manning to right. really to really give you the fine details of how to watch film what to see and right. taking your intelligence to the next level. So a quarterback position, again, I, I don't see a lot of other positions can get away with not watching film. The quarterback position is one. You mm -hmm. can't get away. I don't I don't see how it's possible. You can get away with it maybe two years because mm -hmm. you're just talented. Right. But when defensive coordinators figure you out. Right. You're going to have to be watching film to transcend. And, and, and I think that's what the contentious moment was for the organization because I feel like they realized that Kyler Murray had a lot of – think about his his progression during his last, his last three years. Mm -hmm. He would be hot early, and then he would kind of fade late. Yes. You know, because, yes. because yes. Again, again, you know, it's not just a year-to-year -year thing. It's a game-to-game, -game and it's a week-to-week -week thing when it comes to NFL study. So when defensive coordinators, defensive, uh, you know, personnel, um, coaches, and, and, and players in general are watching you and yep. prep for you week to week. They're looking at you on film and what you've done week to week. So they're picking up on tendencies and, mm -hmm. and little nuance that you're doing. So they're they're going to make things more difficult for you to do those things that you like to do. So, yes. so the name of the game when it comes to when it comes to coaching defense for sure is that I, I need to make you uncomfortable. Yes, you know, as a quarter, as a quarterback, as a running back, as a wide receiver, whoever's the great players on that team that we're facing, I need to make them uncomfortable, make them do something, or beat me in a way that they aren't comfortable with. 
Yes. You know, if you're if yes. you're comfortable with the nine routes, I need to take away your nine route and make you run shorter routes and and, and do intermediary things. Yes. You know, just an example. So in that particular regard, that's what that's what they typically going to happen. And and winning games gets harder and harder as the season goes on. You know, you yes. might shock people and, and and catch people off guard early on in the season, but mm-hmm. game five, six, seven, eight, nine on down the line gets harder and harder and harder and harder because yes. what we we we've we've on to your your the, the little games you like to do exactly. We're on to the game, the little games that you like to play. So guess what? You're gonna have to do something different, and and that's that's the part of watching film too to understand yeah. that they're gonna do this in reaction to this. So what? I, so what's gonna be my counter? Yep. What's going to be my counter? So you got to yeah. look at it from that perspective too. So understand that that's where you have to be diligent, especially later on in the season, watch the film because you have to readjust and reevaluate your play in a sense, especially from the quarterback position to understand that they're going to play you differently game to game, and especially yeah. when you're vision. Like yeah. if you play the 49ers, you know, week one, how they played you in week one is not going to be how they played you in week 12. Not at all. They're gonna play really different. You gotta realize that what they did and how they made adjustments in uh, you know towards you in game one. You gotta be able to okay. So they so when I did this, they did this. So let me so when they if they if I do this, they're gonna react this way. So let me find an an adjustment that's gonna allow me to be able to make a play when they make that adjustment. You know, it's a chess match. And great teams can make adjustments at halftime. Exactly. Exactly. You know, although they give them, you know, Bill Belichick a lot of help for Spygate, that that's a lot of what they what they did. Their yep. halftime adjustments were were, were a one. A yes. lot of systems. so you know that you have to look at it from that perspective as well. You know, mm-hmm. people come out and they they fired on all cylinders in the first half, and then the second half they do nothing. Nothing. They shut it happened. down. There's a lot of Patriot games. In, in the- <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of way the Patriot games have gone. So you yep. got to remember that is definitely. Uh, a thing, so you have to you have to watch film, you know. But yes. but but my biggest problem in this now, and, and I and I'll and I'll you know summarize this, and then we'll get into the last point of what Kyler Murray's where he's at right now. So my biggest thing is this, you know, that this whole situation, you know, between Arizona and Kyler, you know, I just need everybody to be grown up about this situation, you know, because you're treating Kyler like a little kid, you know, in a sense. I can understand he's small in stature, but he's a grown man. You yes, know, he's going to be the fr- your franchise, going to be the face of your franchise for the you know next five, six years or four or longer. So, you know, you being a adult about the situation, I being a adult about the situation, come to the table and say, hey, we have concerns about the, how you watch film and how you process information and how you uh, are, you know, how you're performing later in the season. Yeah, it's hurting us. It's hurting us. You know, so you say that and say that you, you know, give me your word as a man to tell me that you're going to watch film. Yes, you know, and then if you you want to put incentive based, you know, you could do something like put incentive laden things in his contract. Say that if you throw for these many yards and this many touchdowns in the back half of the season, we'll give you X amount of dollars. But if you don't, we won't. And that would that should that should incentivize you enough to say that I have to do whatever I need to do, whatever I have to do. I watch film in order for me to be able to perform later in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, and that should have been it. This whole. I have to watch four hours of film, and it's a clause in my contract. You're gonna take away my guarantee money if I don't do these things. It's very childish and very immature on both sides. Like Kyler, Kyler, you're you're, you're foolish for signing, and in Arizona is is uh, disrespectful for offering it. Yes, yes, so, yes, both. That's, that's why I lay it. That's why I lay it at. That's why I lay the yeah. issue. At, <laughs> I defeated that particular moment, and that's where it lies for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know. We spent, you know, about a good 25, 25 minutes on this topic and understand that that's what people have been doing all week. So yeah. what's happening now is that it's been so much of a negative connotation and backlash upon this particular moment that they decided to take the damn claws out. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, you know, again, it should have never been a thing. Right. You know, it should have never been a thing. But let me get your thoughts on real quick how you feel like 
this is going to because I feel like if it had a stayed, if it had a stayed, now this would have been hanging over their head, the off the front office, the coaches, and Kyler's head forever. Yes. So they took it out. Yes. So, so what do you think is going to? What do you think the? I guess you can say the opinion on the or the, what's the word I want to use? Uh, the what do you think the? I guess the narrative is going to be around the organization, even though the cause is gone now. What do you think is going to be going forward for the Cardinals and, and Kyler? Oh man, the narrative is going to be that this is a a poop show organization. Mm-hmm. It makes sense why Kyler was a number one. I I heard this said mm-hmm. again by Jamarcus Russell, and it's very true. You don't get the number one pick by being a great team. Oh, there it is. You there don't get. Is. There's never a top tier team that's the number one pick. Mm. If you're the number one pick as a quarterback, you're, you're absolutely right. And think about it, Matthew In, Stafford, Matthew, Trevor Lawrence, Jamarcus Russell, Baker Mayfield, uh, uh, Kyler Murray. Callum, so think about it. when Indy before mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Was had the number two pick. Yep. Two years after they got Peyton Manning, they no longer was having no th- that them top picks, nope. right? Nope. Green Bay, like it or love it, Green Bay hasn't had them top Ever. picks. Ever because Brett Ever. Martin and Aaron Rodgers never came from high first round picks. Right. Mm. Um New Orleans Saints haven't had that's them higher point. picks. That's New England Patriots haven't had those type yeah, like, right? Never had that type of pick unless you traded for it. So, so that's, what, that's what that's what San Francisco did. They didn't have a high pick, but they traded for it. This the third overall pick, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, the narrative, which one, I think it was, I think it was they was trying to spin a narrative that if Kyler wasn't doing certain things, you would start hearing the leaks of film study and how much does he matter and i mean how much does he care and all that right Mm -hmm. it got flipped on his head because of all the attention but it makes sense that this is a uh narrative of a uh uh, organization that hasn't that doesn't have a high winning culture Mm -hmm. right and so it makes like you said it makes both look bad. It's one of those things like we've heard said, don't argue with fools. Don't argue with people that are insane mm-hmm. because from afar, when people are watching, they can't yeah. tell who is who. Right. That's, 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 that's a Sean Carter line. I know very well. Yeah. A man told me don't argue with fools because people from a distance don't know who is who. Who is who. And yeah. so this explains the, the Cardinal organization, right? Looking at it, that you, you spend this narrative, you put this clause in here you have this this player that is that is um i don't even want to say eclectic but you just mm-hmm. have this player that's kind of you know uh standoffish don't want to do certain things uh, attitude wise mm-hmm. and so it it makes a very it's sad for both parties but again you don't get the number 1 pick because you're a great team that's a great point. That's a great point. I, th- I think two things are at play here. Yeah. And this is why this is why I leave. I think two things are play. Two things are at play. Kyler Murray is a special talent. He has great arm talent, and he has he's highly and super athletic. Yeah. Very athletic. So those two things are rare. You're not going to find it every day, basically. You're not going to find it in every draft. Right. Case in point, there was nobody in the draft of the elk of the Kyler Murray's talent in this particular draft, right? And right. maybe going forward, you know. Um. So I would say for sure that you know you were. In a quandary, in a sense, 
Yeah. You know, because you had to, because if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you don't have anything. Yes. What's happening, Rich? I see you in the chat. What's happening, Rich? So um, if you don't have uh if you don't have a good quarterback, you don't have anything. Right. So you have to uh you have to start somewhere. So they had to, you know, I guess you could say invest in Kyler's talent because you know, if you start over, then again, you go back to picking high, most likely, because your quarterback situation isn't right. Especially yeah. with the weapons you have around uh everything, you know, around the uh organization. You have, you know, three legit receivers. Yeah, you know, good two good tight ends. You know, O line is, is improving. Defense is, you know, is at least up front is good. Yeah. You know, so you know, running backs are solid. So you have everything you have. So you have to invest in the quarterback. So you were kind of stuck mm-hmm. in a sense where you know, yes, Kyler is good, but he has his issues. You know, you have you question his leadership, his his preparation, but you know, he's a he's a he wasn't he a lifetime talent. You know, so you have to you, you have to invest in it and make it work. Um, but it's but in the sense of this report coming out, you know, the fact that they gave him this clause and took it back, it's still going to linger and hang over your head forever. It's going yes. to be a connotation for, forever. Yes. So every, so every no matter no matter if it's in a contract or not at this point, the fact that it came out, everybody's going to reference back to that every time something goes wrong in Arizona. Every time something goes wrong, it's going to be it's going to go back to that 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 contract language wording mm-hmm. because now it's out in people's minds, right? Mm-hmm. That the organization felt this way about Kyler. And then mm-hmm. like you said, anytime something happens, anytime something doesn't go right, anytime mm-hmm. he, he, in the, and I'm going I'm to use this because Rich said it. Anytime uh-huh. he looks like he's junior college short, <laughs> junior clothing short, right? right. Uh-huh. It's going to be, this is why they put this clause in, in there. Exactly. The clause in every there. Every time he throws a pick, every time he misses a read, every time he how, don't. How much film did he watch? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's always going to hang over your head. So they are absolutely positively wrong with putting it in and letting it come out because guess what? No matter if it's in there or not, the fact that we know about it, it it's, it's always going to be a negative conversation. It's always going to be a problem. So, yeah. So on to the next topic. Um, and we talked about this in 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 a, in a small space when we talked about college uh issue in this contract clause you know because he has to understand that this also affects people going forward so what do you feel like the, the misgivings of this particular uh debacle in arizona how do you think that adversely affects uh, lamar jackson in his contract situation listen i said last week mm. lamar jackson was going to walk in a certain way <laughs> yeah let's not repeat that yeah <laughs> so one, now <laughs> you're on the safe side <laughs> yeah so but now with this yeah. coming out, right? Yeah. Lamar Jackson just walks in with cleats on. That's all he has on now. He doesn't even have a jersey. Oh wow. He and and I'm talking about the cleats don't have socks in them. <laughs> That's all he and matter of fact, he walks in with his hand behind his head like this. Because listen, I'm an MVP. Uh-huh. Haven't brought any drama to your doorstep right you've never had to question my work ethic my passion my love my maturity for Mm. the game and matter of fact i left and you may have had questions of what i did away from the organization and i came back looking the part i didn't put on muscle I'm listen, I'm reading the reports coming out of Baltimore from people and they're talking about he is lighting it up. Mm-hmm. So now. When you point and say, wait a minute, I've, I've never done this. 
You've never had to worry about if I'm watching film. You've never had to worry about if I'm a leader. You've never had to worry about if I care, right? Mm -hmm. Then you look over to the other part and you say, you've never had to worry about me with my name out here bringing, bringing any negativity to the team, nor do any of my teammates have to answer for anything that I'm doing that's a distraction because you know the NFL yeah. loves the it's Dist a distraction, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So you've never had to worry about that with me. The worst you've had to worry about is, ooh, okay, is he gonna is he gonna get injured because he's running so much? Mm -hmm. But you've also never had to worry about not being a winner because I have an set. I'm ha I have a seventy percent win rate right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the miss. This is no matter of fact. I think. And I'm glad you sent me the clip about the Instagram clip about mm -hmm. the, the, the money, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Kai, to me, Lamar Jackson is sitting and laughing and just saying, keep doing it. Because mm -hmm. every time this comes out, you're cementing how much I should get paid. I'm not even going to have to say anything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let y'all solidify my contract. That's a good take. I like it. That's a good take. I, I didn't think I was concerned. I, I ain't gonna lie. I was concerned whether it was gonna be adversely effective to uh it's well, I say this. I was concerned when the clause was in the contract for Kyler. Had it stayed, I was concerned. Yeah. The fact that it's out now means it's next technically it never was a thing. Like because we haven't, you know, gotten to the season yet and he hadn't had to execute this would say clause um yet. Because I mean, we also still have to realize that this contract he signed is for next year. He's yes. still he's still on his fifth year option for this year. Yeah, he's gonna get paid for his new contract starting next year. So that clause technically might have started not till next year, I think. Mm -hmm. Now I think about it, but regardless, the fact that it was out in the atmosphere and they said that, well, you know, say hypothetically they could have told Lamar that we want to put an injury clause in in your contract to say that you know if you you know if you get hurt you know you know because you don't slide or something stupid like that like right. you know it could be anything because the calamari the, the thing kind of opened pandora's box for right. any simple clause that they could have put in so right. if you don't learn say okay lamar if you don't learn how to slide you want to go if you don't go to a baseball camp and learn how to slide every off season and we can't prove that you know how to slide well right then, then we then you we we don't give you 100 million dollars in guarantee money yeah so, you're so, comp you're yeah. compromising uh certain parts of your contract Right, right. Yeah. So you know, so I'm, I'm glad that they took it out. So that that particular aspect of it, it won't be, you know, it won't rear its ugly head for other people's contracts. Because I mean, it, it was silly in yeah. college situation. So yet again, so then to your point, I really feel like that you have a valid point to say that, yeah, Lamari is really uh, sitting pretty because he's looking like, well, <laughs> y'all really have to back on the brain truck now because guess what? All that drama that that that, that Kyler calls in Arizona, I don't cause you even one iota of that. And again, like you said, I have an MVP. My winning percentage is much higher. We've been in the playoffs every year, practically outside of the last year where we were all hurt. You know, so the winning culture and 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 there's no question in the locker room from our perspective. You know, because we're not in the locker room. Because people no. always people always want to say that you know what you say about the locker room is is is, is gospel, right? We're not in right. there, but right. from what we can tell, there's no there's no pushback on whether or not Lamar is the is the, is the guy is the leader in that organization, right? So. Everything you check all the boxes when he's come down to your franchise quarterback. So what are we waiting on? In a sense, that's really what it is. Yes, that's really what it is. So what are we waiting for? You know, again, I, you know, I don't know. We're waiting on certain languages, a certain amount of guarantees, the years. I mean, I don't know what the contentious moments is of the contract, but they're gonna have to pay him and pay him big. 
Like, and this gonna set up. This gonna set up the, the, the Joe Burrows and the Justin Herberts in the, in the tour talking about lowest contract. But next year, because will Lamar gets paid, it, it's going to be something significant. If I, in my opinion, and again, yeah. like you said, you know, for a person, you know, it's it's kind of like being the good student versus the bad student. You know, the, the good student, you know, you know, you have nothing to to hang your hat on the fact that I don't do everything I'm supposed to do. Right. You know, so in the bad student, it's like, well, you know, he might pass the test, but, you know, he he, he misbehaves in the class all the time. Yep. You know, yep. so, yep. so, so I, I, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert can get ready to send Lamar Jackson a thank you card. Yeah. Yeah. Send him yeah. something. Send him something. Uh, some flowers, some candy, something. Something nice. Something nice. Something yeah. Rolling. You know, send him a. You know, yeah. something, something nice. Yeah. Though, yeah. I, I think Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow got some style to him. I think he'll send him a some something. Something nice. Yeah. Boxer. Box boxer cigars. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I think. I think Justin Herbert would send him a, a grill with some with some brisket. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 sounds like a Justin Herbert type of gift. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening, Rob? Playing cornhole all day. You got you got the cornhole, the Chargers cornhole set though. Is what I want. Yeah, to yeah. If you ain't got the Chargers cornhole set, you can't you can't claim certain things. Exactly. That's a good that's a good giveaway I might do for my Chargers fans too. Ah, that's you, a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. A cornhole board, a Chargers a cornhole, cornhole board. Yeah, I might do that. Good, good, yeah. good idea, Rob. Appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate you. So yeah, um, but yeah, overall, man, I, I do I do believe that, that Lamar Jackson is. Um, if Rob said I don't, damn. Uh, well, hey Rob, we know you always in my context, so we might you might be able to win it when I supposed to give it right. away. So that's gonna, right. that's gonna be a seat. That's gonna be a season opener gift, man. You know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a cornhole. I'm gonna do a cornhole set for, for my fans. So yeah, that's not, that's, that's that's a that's a that's a Joe Burrow type of uh, uh you know gift right there. That's high quality. That's high quality. Give the people what they want. You know, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just to wrap up the, the Lamar Jackson situation, I really feel like that they definitely. I'll rather pay him. And I think he will get more guaranteed money than Kyler did. Um, he might get more years. You know, I mean, I think we're talking about, you know, I think on the, on the elk of like the longevity of what maybe Patrick Mahomes contract is, you know, it kind of be a little bit team friendly, but he's going to yep. get his money one way or the other. Yep. You know, and, it, and, you know, cause you know, look at Patrick Mahomes. He's not concerned at all about his contract. Not at all. He ain't saying nothing at all. I ain't got, I don't have no beef with my contract. None. I think it's gonna be something along, along the lines of that, and this. I think I think the guarantee money is gonna be the thing is gonna be a contentious moment. I really think that's yep. gonna be it. It's going. It, we, we started at two thirty one. <laughs> we started no there. less, no, no less. less, and then whatever guarantee money, guarantee money, I'm gonna get of that two thirty, and what am I, how many years? You know. So yeah, I'm telling you, Steve Bashotti is looking like um, your your oh, what's his name? Uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. from from uh uh. Can't believe the movie's escaping me. Uh Menace of Society. People wanted Menace. What was what was the uh, Boys in the Hood? Boys in the Hood. Oh, I'm okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that card. <laughs> when he was swinging in the air, yeah. Steve, Steve Bashotti is pissed right now. Yeah, I bet yeah. he's throwing everything in his house. Well, right he been now. he been pissed like much everybody else since Double Deshaun got his money. Like understand that it's the and again it's the guaranteed money. Yeah, it's the guaranteed money. So. You know, everybody's swinging in the air like, you know, what I'm going to do because I got to pay my quarterback. And you got two guy out here making $230 million guaranteed. And he ain't even guaranteed to play. Listen, <laughs> so. And Lamar, and I will say this, and I, I'm, I'm going to end on this. Say what you want. Lamar is not dumb. Oh, no, 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 no. Not a clue. Please, not a people, please people understand this. Mm. Lamar is not dumb, and neither is his mother. No. So the difference between side. 
I don't believe that contract gets signed by Lamar. Lamar, no, nah, y'all ain't doing this to me. Y'all ain't saying this to me. Y'all going to take this out um, yeah. of the contract, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, yes, Rob, there's a lot of NFL teams that are not saying it, but when yeah. they having that owner's meeting, Oh, oh, they yeah. looking at the Cleveland Browns like they you so and so's. Oh, they are they are listen, the death stairs. Yeah, all death day. Stairs. Like it's 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 bloods and crips beef when the Browns the Browns look, look, they, the, they not coming to the yacht, they're not getting no, invited to the yacht. Uh, no, they're the outside <laughs> looking in. Definitely on the outside looking in. So yeah. yeah. So let's flip over to the NFC now. Let's talk about the Bucks. All right, so the Bucks uh uh scored another uh win in a sense. Um, in a free agent move, and now we always we were, we're all we're wondering whether where Julio was going to land. Like I thought he might end up in Baltimore, my, myself personally. Yeah. Um, you know, to be the number one target for 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 Lamar, but um, you know, he he wound up. Uh, I don't know if Tom got on the phone or or you know Julio just just knew that he didn't he didn't want to play for a winner. You know, I would say for sure that uh you know him signing with the Bucks makes it an even better situation. You know, from a receiving standpoint. Now it also lends to the idea that they can bring back Godwin slow. Because yes. it's coming off that ACL. So you have Gage, you have Gage, you have Evans, and you have uh Julio who are all healthy. And yes. then you bring you bring Godwin back in slow and he'll be healthy for you and, and better suited down the stretch to be effective. Mm-hmm. So with this receiving core, with Tom Brady at the helm, now understand that they did lose their center. Uh, yeah. uh Jensen went down yes. with an injury, yeah. which looks like a season ending one, you know. You know, pray for his speedy recovery, obviously. Indeed. But um, but you know they're definitely down a center, um, and he's been a center for Brady since he's been there. Yeah. Um, so that that is a that is a that is a definitely That's a big setback. blow. It's a setback. Yeah. Um, but do you think that with this signing of Julio Jones, that does, do you think this makes them a front runner in the NFC? I think it makes them very dangerous, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes names mm-hmm. keeps us excited because we know what they were. Right. Right. And so Julio was one of those. We know what he can do mm. right now. He may not be that, but this is this is why it's great. When I look at it, they're not asking him to be because they have Mike Evans. Uh-huh. So this gives Julio the ability to not have to worry about carrying the world's load mm. of, of responsibility that he's had to do in the, in the past. Right. Cause I think there is something to it to where you have, you, you are the cook, the waiter, the front office and the manager of the restaurant that can burn you out. Right. And so in Atlanta, oh, yeah. he oh, was yeah. the beginning, middle and end. Now you come to an organization where you are not asked to carry mm-hmm. the world's load pause responsibility right so mm. now because you have mike evans over there yeah that takes um a lot pressure. of eyes and pressure off you mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. now are 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 brought in to just be a difference maker and you're playing and i think this is the other thing you look at his career julio and playoffs haven't gone together they have not at all so now you're coming to the possibility and opportunity to play one with arguably the greatest quarterback there, to ever there's play no, there, there's no argument at this point i mean let's be honest yeah yeah but you're playing now with a proven winner uh-huh. 
you're also being partnered up with an offensive coordinator that knows how to scheme mm-hmm. um, and get you the football, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're in this organization where, like, man, you look around and you'd be like, wait a minute, I got a, I got a top tier receiver on the other side, so I don't, ha- I'm not having to worry about getting double teamed. Mm-hmm. I'm not asked to do everything and the quarterback that's throwing to me is one is the greatest quarterback looked at and he's going to put the ball where I asked for it each and every time oh man I think I can get back to being a Julio of old right not the not the third fourth fifth year Julio but they're not asking him to be and I think this is dangerous because Julio's still a grown man Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's I mean, still a grown man. You can't fake. You can't fake two hundred and ten pounds at six foot three and can jump out the gym. You can't fake that. And it's just something about when you back in the South as a Southern, uh, uh, you know, player born and bred, mm-hmm. and you back in this beautiful weather, heat, mm-hmm. your hamstrings just magically start healing themselves, right? They feel fresh and rejuvenated. And Uh like you said, you allow Chris Godwin to come back slowly. Mm -hmm. And when he gets back, we've seen what Chris Godwin can do in the slot. Listen, (laughs) outside slot, it don't matter. Line them up wherever you want to line them up. I think it's a great play. I know it's been a little bit of film that we've seen, but Mm -hmm. Julio has that pop again. And it's amazing what happens when you have the caliber quarterback like Tom Brady throwing to you, um, what it can do to your career, right? Yeah, and Rob's asking in the chat, he does he do we feel like Julio is washed? And I and I would say that you know, I think that his injuries have played a big part in his regression, yeah, um, in, a, in recent years. Um, but yeah, it also lends to the idea that what, what Coach Curry said is that you know, he's having to be the end all be all in most cases, like even in, in uh, even in uh, Tennessee last year, it's you know, he stayed hurt because. He, him and it seemed like him and AJ Brown traded weeks. Like AJ was hurt one week, and then he was hurt another week. So which made him yeah. the number one receiver at any at any point in time. There's very few games that they played together, right? Um, well, one and two, or one, you know, one A, one B. So him having to do everything lends to the idea that he's you know having to do everything and getting hit and getting beat up, you know, at a large clip because he's the number one focal point in the scouting report. Mm-hmm. So for him being on his team, it's, it's almost like a sense you can hide Julio and be yeah. and, and be effective, kind of like what he did with Antonio Brown. You know, you know he can be, he can you can hide him and you can use him in spots and use him in situations that or, or, or lends to you being successful offensively. Yeah, um, you know, guarantee that Mike Evans is going to draw attention. I mean, he, come on, guy, he's six foot five, two hundred twenty pounds. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't miss him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you know, them having Kyle Rudolph as a tight end is also uh, uh, him and Bray as a tight at tight ends also lend to the idea that they could you know mix and match and use different personnel groupings to kind of throw you off. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, he's in a great situation because yet again, you know, I think he understands the reason why he didn't go to a Green Bay or Baltimore, because guess what? He, he would have to be the number one guy there. And he realized that this particular point in this time in his career that he don't want to be a number one guy and shouldn't be because it's going to lend to him getting hurt and he's not going to be as productive. Right. So I think that him being, the, you know, the two or the three or the four in, in the offense and in any particular given moment, depending on who's healthy, and who's available for the Bucks is a great situation. And I think that he'll mess around and be you know, sneaky productive and that's a very sneaky red zone target. Um, you know, I would argue that he could almost be like a Gronk in a sense where they, you know, they kind of, you know, use Gronk in certain spots where he would 
uh, you know, be largely effective in the red zone and in places like that where he would, you know, just be a, a ready-made uh, big body that you can throw the ball up to and he, nobody can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great for the Bucks, and I do think them that they they uh, put pressure on the Rams because Rob asked the question as well. Do we think the they they're up there with the Rams? And uh, I would say yes in a sense. Now, only thing that kind of gives me pause is what the what the defense is going to do um, uh, this year because they took a step back last year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The defense. So, if they aren't the Bucks defense of the Super Bowl time frame, then yeah, it, it could lend to the idea that the Rams is still the the I guess you can say the odds on favorite, but. I think it's 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 a closer than what people want to believe. Because let's be honest, I mean, if you if, it could be a scoring fest between both teams. Because I don't think the Rams have enough corners to cover all these receivers, and you know, and what and what the Rams do offensively, you know, I don't. Again, it, it's it could be a knockdown drag out. Yep. Honestly, yep. so. Yep. So I would say, and especially some the simple fact that, you know, the they can you know the Rams and the, the bus and kind of close to me because the NFC is very weak this yeah. year. It's very yeah. it's 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 two teams and maybe a maybe a Packers, but I don't think they could beat the Rams or the Bucks. And I don't believe in anybody in the NFC East at this moment. And anybody in the NFC West outside of the Rams, I don't. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of faith. No, being a serious contender. So you know they can kind of coast in the season as long as we're one and two, and then we'll see you in the title game, and then we'll figure out who the best is at this moment. Yeah, the matter of just staying healthy. That's all it really boils down to. Yep, and here's the thing, Rob, and I, I'm glad you asked that um, and, and said that. I don't think Tampa Bay is asking him to be what he was in Atlanta. I don't think they are either. I don't think they are. They're just asking Julio to be Julio. That's just be a big body target that can get open and be available for Tom when when they're t- trying to take away Godwin and Evans in the pass game. Be at the spot that I ask you to be, and then just do what you do. And in a number two Julio, it's dangerous. Yeah, that means you're that means listen, it ain't a lot of teams that have a corner that can cover a Julio at your number two spot. That's a fact. That's a fact. So, yeah. And they still got Russell Gage now and Russell Gage in the slot. So they look, they got milk and honey over there. Evans, Julio, Gage, Godwin, Godwin coming back, Scotty Miller. Yep. Look, they got they got a cupboard of of some raw receivers and don't get it twisted. Uh, Scotty Miller has done damage, right? Yeah, so they got a lot of people in that slot happens. position. Yeah. About Scotty Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about let's talk about the Packers. Son of a bitch. <laughs> let's talk about the Packers. So, uh, good old Aaron Rodgers, Coach Curry and I's best friend. Yes. I say yes. that very sarcastically and ironically. <laughs> Our best friend, Aaron Rodgers, came out this week. Now. Now, I would say that, you know, it's not, you know, of course, it's one of those obligatory media things. And he, of course, they were going to get asked the question finally when they can track Aaron down. But uh, Devontae had been speaking, you know, in, you know, in separate interviews about what voluntarily about his relationship with Aaron and his time in Green Bay. So he's spoken some things about um, his time in Green Bay and why it ended already. And what what Devontae said, honestly and truly, I had a lot of respect for what he, his decision. I do. Yeah. so they finally tracked Aaron down after he walked in in his little ceremonious Nicolas Cage video to going going into the training camp, yep. and uh, they asked him about you know how he feels the the I guess you can say the matriculation is going to be when it comes down to uh, going from Devontae to uh, I guess they they they're pegging Alan Lazard as being the number one receiver. Yeah, at this particular point, and uh, and here's a clip if you haven't seen it. 
always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. But he's capable of a lot. And the way things have gone with the reps and the guys that we've had here and the targets that we've, uh, we've you know, doled out, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. But, he, you know, he's... Since his first day here, he's, he's turned heads, and so it's not surprising him to go out and have a really consistent day today. But he's been working hard. Uh, he has a lot to prove, I think, uh, to himself and the other people, maybe to the team uh, as well. So I like a hungry Alan Lazard, uh, you know, and, and it'll be an adjustment for us, but I'm, I'm uh, happy with day one. All right. So. He made a joke about the fact that he was going from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer in Alan Zard, which nobody believes that. And, of course, everybody laughed. Um, <laughs> Rob said, live for the day when Brady and Rodgers retire. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be more sad when Brady retires than Rodgers, me personally, but that's just me. Right. And uh, he said, Adam started smoking the crack after joining the Raiders. That's <laughs> 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 that Chargers blood talking to Rob right there. Yeah. But. You know, but getting to Aaron Rodgers' comments about Alan Lazard. Now, I, I have a lot of things to, to pick on in this particular point, but I'm going to let Coach Kirk go first in regards to how he feels about this situation and what the likelihood of, of the success rate is going to be with Aaron and his new receiving core going forward. Do you? I can't tell you how much this chapped my hide. <laughs> it really grinded my gears. Uh-huh hearing this right and let me tell you why ever since last year i had to look at Aaron Rodgers a total different way mm -hmm. a lot of other people can get caught up in his talent i right. get caught up in his character oh that's a good one yeah that's a good one yeah and i get caught up in the character of who he is right mm -hmm. and so um it it Ever since watching him navigate, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Uh-huh. Immunized. You know, immunized. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm immunized. immunized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I see how calculated Aaron really, really is. I love football, Rob. I love football. And I have, have no allegiance to anyone. I love I just love football. Um, but I watch that, right? Because now I have to I have to watch and listen to you differently because I know what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. I understand that your ears are always perked up. I understand that you don't say anything accidentally. Mm -hmm. Right. So this isn't accidental what he's saying and it's damn disrespectful. Mm. Now I say that because the drop off from Aaron mm. to Derek is damn not, damn sure not as much from Devontae to Allen. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's not. It's not. And this is the, listen, this is the dude that really made you famous for the time that he was there, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Let's not get it twisted. And for you to come in and ha-ha, kiki, make a joke, comedian, and mm -hmm. to and to throw this zinger back, mm -hmm. come on, Aaron, you really gonna sit up here with a square with a, with a square face 
And as much as people ride and 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 kowtow to your great arm talent, mm-hmm. when you start peeling back the tangible, the numbers, man, you in the same boat as a lot of other people when it comes to certain tangible numbers, mm-hmm. right? And people don't really talk about it, but you're the Kim Kardashian of the NFL. Oh, please yeah. explain that one. Yeah. Kim got famous off a of tape. Ooh. And she's rolled to her stardom. Okay. You know, people forget that. about that. Like, hold on. Hold on. Let's right. let's it may right. be uncomfortable. People right. may not like to talk about it. Right. But what was the genesis of you becoming famous? Let's that, that, that's that's it. That's right. it. It wasn't your it wasn't your lawyer daddy or what, none of that. It was a tape. I and mean it, her former husband said that said in the in a in a, in, a, in a music track. He said, "My wife famous for my whole movie." Yeah. And 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 the contract that you signed that kept you getting paid handsomely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Aaron, hold on, Slim. You are calculated, dude. You, as you said, you are a free thinker. There's mm-hmm. nothing that comes from any interview that you accidentally say. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've had a problem because when I looked at tape, when I went back, it's amazing the throws that you can make in regular season that mm-hmm. you, you suddenly miss or in, refuse to throw or refuse to throw in the playoffs. It's amazing mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. times I've seen you scramble. And I'm going to go back to it. It's amazing how many times I've seen you scramble out the pocket and run and score for touchdowns. But then all of a sudden now you got a wide open lane and you say, because the coach said this, I ran the play that was given to me. And you you have a touchdown, if not a first down, right in front of you. And now all of a sudden you, well, the coach said this and I'm just doing. But Aaron, you're calculated in everything that you do. So as some people laughed about this, but to mm-hmm. me, it it highlights why Devontae got the hell out of Dodge. Mm. It speaks to why Devontae got the hell out of Dodge and why Devontae went and trained with Derek, Derek in the offseason versus Aaron because we've never heard it. We've never to this day heard and, one. And I want to give you a, a great caveat to this, do what you just said real quick, yeah. that, you know, understand that they both play in Green Bay, but they both, Aaron, Devontae, and Derek are all in California in the offseason. Oh. So, and then you choose to train with Derek every year versus Aaron. Y'all still in the, y'all still in the same state. You can go left to train with Aaron, but you decide to go right to train with Derek on purpose. On purpose. Why is that? And and I've never heard one receiver talk about, oh, yeah, Aaron invited me out mm. to throw mm. as a receiver core you've heard it from tom brady right not just heard it from tom brady but heard it from the receivers oh yeah you've seen it, tom, no, you've seen it. You've seen it right yeah. mm-hmm. you've seen it from lower tier quarterbacks mm-hmm. hell even even baker mayfield yeah. got the receivers together to throw yeah. right but this is the this is arguably over the last four seasons the number one receiver in the nfl Mm-hmm. who has made a conscious decision to go train with his college quarterback versus compared his to his starting quarterback. There you go. And mm-hmm. you've never seen a picture of them. You've never. never seen them hanging out. Listen, you don't see Barry Times 
quarterbacks and receivers when they have a connection not at some point show up together mm -hmm. yep, somewhere really. somehow mm -hmm. how many times and this speaks to the leadership of Aaron Rodgers how many times have you seen it be not about Aaron Rodgers and about somebody else because Aaron Rodgers has a whole lot of me but his M doesn't flip upside down and have a whole lot of we in it Hey man, listen. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on, man. Hold on, man. <laughs> I mean, we shots fired and dropped the bomb for three Kurt, man. Oh my God. Right. You are dropping fire right now, dude. Oh my God. He would listen. Anybody in the chat, listen, Coach Kurt was ready for this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was ready for this one. That man just said it's a whole lot of. It's a whole lot of me, but he don't turn that M upside down and make it a we. No. I'm done. I don't even know I want to talk about this topic at this moment because this dude is on fire. Somebody put some water on him. He's on fire. That's all I'm going to say, man. Oh, man. Uh, how do you follow that? I just want to How do you follow that? I'm just I'm being on it, like it or love it. It'll probably be better than Coach Curry, so we just going to live with it. So, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with one word you said. I don't. Right. I don't agree, disagree with what we said. And we've all, we both harped on this, you know, together. And I've harped on it in my podcast separately about Aaron's ways, you know. And, you know, honestly, it's funny because I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's a Packers fan, right? And he, and, you know, he even admitted, he said that he loved Brett Favre more so than he loved Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers had way more success statistically than Brett Favre has, right? Um, you know, just from an efficiency perspective, you know, he's, he's more of a, he's way more of a talented thrower and more of an accurate thrower than Brett Favre is. Right. But he loved Brett Favre because Brett Favre was a winner, and he would, and especially in the playoffs, he would not care. You know, they the whole gunslinger mentality was you know you know brought upon and, and made sexy by Brett Favre. You know, in right. the way he did things. You know, a little bit of John Elway, a little bit of, and had that little bit of elk too, right? You know, because they but they would be aggressive when they, when they needed to be. You know, right. they didn't care about the idea of throwing interceptions and things of that nature because they wanted to win. You know, and they wanted to, you know, bring win into their team. So, and that make people get behind you when you're right. out there risking, you know, your life, your your stats, and your body to to win football games. People will get gravitate on gravitate towards that and get behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, but but you know, and that, that leads to the idea that you know one of the reasons why Devontae probably wanted out because he realized that Aaron was never going to be the type of leader and the type of guy that's going to risk his self, his stats, his numbers, and why he his image for the idea of trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And he knew that was always going to get in his way. Mm -hmm. So what? What? So what I need to do is go find somebody who's going to be able to do that in the best way possible. And the guy that I know the best outside of you know getting catch pass man Rogers is Derek Carr. There you know, is. so that 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 would that's that's where he drew the line in saying that. I'm, you know, I'm going to go and, and go get with this guy because I know how he rides, how he runs, and how he's built. You know, so you know, say what you want about Derek Carr, but. You know, he, you know, again, if, if the best receiver in the game want to put his his stock into this guy, I, and he got to make you a believer. You got to make a believer in his talent. It does. You know, yeah. I, I do question that their offensive line and his protection going into the season. But, you know, just from a talent perspective, you know, I don't think, like, to your point about the 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 the, the drop-off, it's not a big drop-off from Aaron to Derek like it's a big drop-off from Lazard to, to Devontae. That's, that's a great example. So, Again, you know, I don't think that Devontae's uh, production is going to dip that much, but I don't. I promise you, Alan Zara's not going to put up the numbers that Devontae did last year. Wait Without a doubt. Without, yeah. and, at, and at some point, the character of the man speaks higher or speaks more than the talent of the man. That's another. Right? And 
And I will say this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. If you are in a situation, who would you who would you rather have and who do you believe would have your back faster? If you're in a situation and you say, I got to make a phone call, a text message, and mm-hmm. this person is going to show up for me. Right. I would I would dare anybody to say that they believe Aaron would be at the doorstep or in the car before Derek Carr would. And oh. I don't. As a Chargers fan, I can equivalently say if I had to call, if I had a had a morbid choice, I had to call Derek Carr versus Aaron Rodgers to come help me, come save me. I'm calling Derek Carr. I'm calling Derek Carr three times before I call Aaron Rodgers. All day, and I'm I'm gonna sit there and say I may have to call him before just because he might be in. A, I'm gonna start making up excuses why he not answer. Oh, he's right. probably in a place where they ain't got no service signal, ain't right, no service, right? right? right You're not right. calling Aaron because mm-hmm. Aaron is Aaron mirror looks one way back at him only. Oh, there you go. There you go. So yeah. Yeah, man. I, again, you know, that, you know, the jabs aside, I, oh, <laughs> I I really believe that the Packers are in for a rude awakening. Now they do have the luxury and this is a, you know, it's one of those rich kid luxuries where you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from, but they do have the, uh, you know, the luxury of playing in a weak division, right. a weaker, weaker, weaker conference in a weaker division. So they'll still likely win a division and be in the playoffs, but when they meet that bus all there's the Rams and the, and the Bucks, assuming they're healthy, yes. it's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be pretty. Not at all. But, but yeah. So yeah, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna get into our we got two more topics to cover. We got an NF, got NBA segment. We wanna talk about it, and we're gonna talk about the game manager quarterback in our segment called We Got Questions. We will be back in a minute and a half. Hey, I'm just here to, so I don't get fined. To all my lockdown defense goons and goblins, Coach Defense here. Wanted to remind you that our weekly debate show, Sports Talk with Coach and Kirk, broadcasts live each and every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and is simulcast on Twitch and YouTube. We bring you chase down blocks and decleaning content each and every Saturday. And so I'm here to tell you, keep your head on the swivel because you never know exactly what Coach Kirk and I will say next. Each and every week, we break down hot topics of the NFL and NBA of the week in the world of sports. If you haven't seen the show by now, it, one ad can honestly truly not do it justice. So it'll be your best interest. It'll be in your best interest to tune in live or on replay each and every week for authentic, honest, and real opinion that goes on in the sports world. And we might have the Rose Light Co- Light Skin Coalition uh, week to week for being extra. So the show goes live each and every week on YouTube and Twitch. Search Lockdown Davis Podcast on YouTube and follow us on twitch.tv forward slash Lockdown Davis Sports. Live and direct each and every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to all our platforms, turn your notification bells on. And if you missed any part of the show, the replay goes live on all platforms at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. So check us, there, check us out there. And as next, I had a bonus. If you want to get featured as a mailback question on the show live, email us at LockdownDefenseSports at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter at LockdownDefense. Uh, for all questions, must be submitted by Saturday at a five o'clock for a chance to be on the show each week. As over always, Sports Talk with Coach and Kurt each and every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, dual cast on Twitch and YouTube. Coach Kurt and I are just here so we don't get banned. Now back to the show. All right. All right. So we are the NBA segment for uh, our, our Sports Talk Show with episode 72. And uh, we will talk real quickly about the Nets. 
Um, we we mentioned about this in the beginning of the show how how uh, trades and and things happen that ruin the market in a sense or or up the ante up the price tag for people. You know, Rudy Gobert's trade, you know, ruined and completely, you know, tanked the market for trades in the NBA. And Deshaun Watson's contract up the price uh, uh, for every quarterback getting paid going forward. Um, so we've seen the fallout from the Gobert trade reverberate and uh, adversely affect the Nets trying to trade Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Um, so it, it's seeming like to me, and, I, and again, it, it's not written soon yet. But um, but I, I I gave a detailed uh I guess you can say account of what I think the Nets are going to end up having to do, and come down to it, and they might actually honestly truly have to run this back, in a sense because you got Ben Simmons under contract, you got Kyrie under contract one more year, KD's under contract for another four, and you brought in uh, Royce O'Neal, you still have resigned Seth Curry and a bunch of other uh, role players to come you know play for the team in Brooklyn next year. So my question to Coach Curry, and I'll give my take on it as well. Um, is do we think that the Nets can reconcile this, uh, I guess you could say, dysfunctional family, and be relevant in the season if they do if they do reconcile and decide to play together um, come season start? Oh, uh, do I think they can reconcile it? I mm-hmm. believe they could. Now, will they? Is the question, and that's mm-hmm. where I struggle with. Okay. Um, being that you have a very headstrong, so let, let, let me go back. Do are you are we are we speaking from reconciling from a player perspective to the organization, or well, are we speaking from a player perspective with each other? I think it's a lot of all of it. I think that it, all of that has to be in tandem. I really feel like that the organization has to come to the grips with the idea that they need to run it back with. The uh, players that they have, ID, Katie, and Kyrie, because everybody else is in the trade in, 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 in trade discussion. It's mm-hmm. just those two guys, so they need to have a conversation with them and understand that you know they're not going to get either one one or two things are not going to happen. We're not going to get fair market for you in places that we want to send you, and the places that we don't want to send you. They they're going to have to basically put you in a situation where you're going to have nothing left over there to play for or play with once you mm-hmm. get there. So if I hypothetically said, so I send you to Utah, and we take every player they want, they have, and every pick they have, it's going to be you and a bunch of Jimmys and Joes, and you're not going to be happy with that. Right. So, I would I would say that, but that aspect of it is 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 part of it, and then the idea that one, once you realize that you're not going to get fair market for you, and I'm not going to send you to any places you want to go, and it's going to be anywhere where you could be competitive, you know, the end result and resolve is that we're going to have to bring this back together. And have a conversation with amongst each other in the front office. Say we need to mend fences long enough to at least do this one more season because Kyrie's only on the contract for one more year. Mm-hmm. So you know, then we can discuss you know you know him walking out the door for nothing, signing trade, you know something else in the off season next year or at the trade deadline or whatever. But as it stands right now, the start of the season, we need to be able to bring this back together as a as an organization. And then as as men, Kyrie and KD, if they got any contentious moments or any contentious moments with the team, that all needs to get resolved with the coach, the players, the team, the role players, the front office, all that needs to be mended. And if they can do that, and they do that in a sense where everybody's bought in, does that make this team a relevant team going forward? Mm. So I think it does. I think if if they can put the egos, the prior situations the prior things that happened the this did go right this didn't go right all of that to decide and as i stated 
where you say our enemies, the people that we need to fight against mm-hmm. is everybody else. Let's come together for this one year right, and run it back. Right. And let's do the best of our ability mm-hmm. to be professionals. Mm-hmm. We're going to give and we want you to give. Mm-hmm. And we're not looking to get over you on you, and we don't want you looking to get over on us. We're looking to make the best of this situation for this next year. I think if they do that, and if they can have the mature conversation, and that means from organization and player, if okay. we can show maturity, mm-hmm. I think the Nets could come together and make some noise. I'm not going to say championship, but I can definitely say they would be a playoff um worthy playoff contenders right mm-hmm. because when you look at talent arguably you have a savant in Kyrie mm-hmm. and you have one of the top 3 in KD mm-hmm. talent talent personality aside you mm-hmm. can't you you can't take away their talent right mm-hmm. ben simmons being healthy Again, a defender, and then the pieces that they have around, everybody looks at them, including me, and says, Brooklyn, you have some of the things to make a run in the playoffs and possibly to a title. But it's will your ego get in way of execution? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot. I mean, I look at it, look at it both ways. It is. Like, it's so tiring, though. It's like we got to do all this. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you gotta like you gotta have a discussion. Like Kyrie and KD need to talk to Sean Marks in the front office. And they need then they need to bring Steve Nash and they need to figure that part out. You know, understand that what what we trying to go go from a coaching perspective, from a front office perspective, from a player perspective. We need to mend all those fences, right? Then you need to have a meeting with the team to say that hey, you know, the, the, you know, I understand that I requested a trade this and a third, and Kyrie, we don't know we want to be here, or don't want to be here. I understand all what the narratives have been put in the media and you guys are listening to. I get that. You know, but you know, you have to conv- then you have to convince the rock the locker room to say that we want to run it back and we're locked in for the year. Right. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot to do. And a lot, a to, lot. That's a lot to deal with. It's a lot of convincing you got to do. You, but I do, I do believe just, just like you believe that if they did do that, they would make them relevant. Because I look at the roster. Now, you know, I, I can't get past the idea of the of the dysfunction because Ben has got his own ways, Kyrie got his own ways, and according to KD, he don't want to be there anymore because he wants to go somewhere else. Right. Well, all of that, those combustible elements were from your three biggest players makes for a lot of contentious <laughs> moments. So, but let's just hypothetically, let's just wave the magic wand and say all of, all everybody kumbayas, everybody goes to therapy and yep. works out their issues, you know, to get out the Nerf guns and shoot each other and have a, <laughs> have a good time. And they decided they want to say we all kumbaya buddy buddy again, right? Let's just right. say that. Now, so you, again, Kyrie, top three player. You know, uh, Kyrie. You know, uh, uh, one of the top point guards in the league. Period. Um, they they brought in Royce O'Neal. You know, uh, you know, uh, from from my perspective, it was something they were lacking. They needed from the jump uh, a solid uh, power forward. You know, rim protecting guy, six five, mm-hmm. twenty six pounds. Very. Yeah. You know, he was uh, you know the one B to Rudy Gobert in Utah. Mm-hmm. Right? Patty Mills was still there. The Thirty three zero shooting. You know, Savant in his own right, very good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry. Still there. Joe Harris coming back off an of injury. He's there. Another good shooter. So, I mean, you're loaded offensively. And again, if you can somehow another convince Ben Simmons to play 
you know, solid defense on their best defender every night, that makes them for a formidable team. Say They're, that. Say that. It, yeah, I mean, it really does. So, you know, again, if they, if you got, you know, you, you basically check the boxes that people have been knocking you have being a, a weakness for your team. You know, mm-hmm. defense has always been a Achilles heel for the team. They haven't been good defensively. No. But if Ben Simmons claimed the fame and his his abilities as a player is a defensive stopper. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know his his size, his length, you know his versatility, his athleticism, all lends to the idea of him being uh, one of the, the the elite you know wing players in the entire defensive wing players in the league. So if he can somehow you know you know. Uh, get over his self. I'm not even gonna say mental issues or physical issues. Get over yourself and right. decide you want to play basketball again. And that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. So, you know, and I would say that, you know, just just based upon what they have in house, it it definitely lends to the idea that they could be formidable. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's just a lot to ask for. I just I just I have a hard time getting past the idea that they can make that all. They can they can patch all those holes up. Yeah, you know, I mean, you were talking about a whole a holy boat. If you can pass all those holes up, make that joint back, make it back to shore. Yeah. And then we can talk about it. But absolutely amazing if you can get back to shore. Yeah, exactly. So a robot with a bunch of holes in it, and you put a bunch of corkscrews in it like the cartoons. <laughs> make it back to shore. You yeah. got a shot of being, you know, relevant and being a contender in the uh in the east. So yes. Last question on the top before we move on. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Just just real quick, hot take. If they did all that, and they were based upon the roster I read down to you, what do you think they land from a rankings perspective in the East if they all if they all if they're all reconciled and kumbaya out and together? Fifth, really? Yeah. So who's four, who's one through four to you? So, but clearly the Bucks and Boston are in that conversation, and those one and two, right? Yeah. So okay. I go Bucks, Boston, mm-hmm. Miami, okay, Philly. Okay. So that would then put them put them fifth. Yep. Fifth. Okay. I, I I have to go a little higher. Uh, in all honesty, I mean, again, there's all there's a lot there's a lot to ingest. There's a lot to right. digest. Right. But but I really feel like unless Miami makes a move for Donovan, then I really feel like this that Brooklyn team can beat them the Heat and beat the 76ers. I would flip them, bump the Sixers up to third, and put oh. Brooklyn fourth. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm with it. Okay. All right. So yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll continue to monitor the situation. But I, I, I just again, this is a lot. It's, it's a lot. Of, it's, it's, a lot it's, of like your, it's like your homeboy with that toxic girlfriend, man. It's like, I man, know. I want to hang out with you, man. But this, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, man. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta pack my patience, dealing with y'all. <laughs> what do. y'all, what y'all do every time we go out, man? We just, oh man, just we yeah. gonna stay home, man. Just, right. It's too, much. it's too much. <laughs> Really is too much. Great analogy. Yeah, Great analogy. it's just too so, too much, man. Too it too really much. is. So the last topic of the day, and I say we call we got questions, right? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a generic topic, but it's it's a relevant relevant one. It's a very valid one. Um, and then we talk about quarterbacks. So do we believe uh, that in this day and age, in in the quarterback market, in the, in the quarterback being the a very important and maybe the most important piece to a team's success in this particular era? Do we believe that a, a quarterback that's air quote game managing quarterback, air <laughs> quote game manager quarterback, can they be effective and win a championship at that level of having the game manager tag with them? So, I mean, before we actually give our opinion on it, who do you think at this particular moment in the league right now, the starting quarterback is a game manager? Give me, give me a couple of names. Do you think it might be a game manager? 
Mm, so he's not a starting quarterback anymore, but I think the face of game manager and quarterbacks is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a good one. Jimmy G is the, if you looked up game manager, game manager quarterback Mm -hmm. in the dictionary, I think you're going to see the face of Jimmy G. Okay. Right. Um, Outside of that, when I start. What about Ryan Tannehill? I put Ryan Tannehill up there as, as, as that quintessential game man. I put Matt Ryan up there as a quintessential type of game managing quarterback. Right. And I would stay with those three or tight or right. I I would even a healthy Jameis Winston. Now I would put in as that game managing quarterback. Okay. Um, The Jalen hurts, the Dak Prescott's um, who else, who else, who else, who else? I'm trying to think of some other, the Derek Carrs, you could almost put Derek Carr up there as a game managing quarterback. I would, I would have him. That, that, that would chapter ask a lot of Raider fans to watch my podcast. So yeah. I'll, I'll let no, you say that. <laughs> I, I believe he's higher, but I think okay. when you look at where people say and what they yeah, want to say yeah, about yeah. him and in, yeah. they put him as a game man, I don't think, I think he's more one of the elite quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. um, in general, I think people do that. Those are my, my type of, uh, players I that I would designate. Say, I even say uh, even Jared Goff in the in Saint, when he was with the Rams, he was a game manager. Yep, one hundred percent. And yeah. and and I define game manager when they say the system makes the person, not the person yeah. makes the system. Hey, there you go. There you right? go. So those are those are the type of quarterbacks that I would say are game managers, and that's why I kind of you know I wanted to talk about this because when we look over history, mm-hmm. I think the game managing quarterback hasn't gotten enough kudos and the Super Bowls that they've won and okay. led their teams to victory. So right? that would also go back to the idea we do a history lesson. Who's the last game managing quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Would you call Joe Flacco a game manager? How long ago was that? I would definitely call Joe Flacco a game managing quarterback, but yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. That was a while ago. I mean, we're talking with 2012. About yeah, 2012. Uh-huh. The last year. I'm, of course, I know that. That's you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2012. Yeah. 2012, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, he's the kind of last game managing mm-hmm. quarterback when we look at it. But I think because um, the last few years, yeah, Matt Stafford last year. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady year before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pat Mahomes the year before that. Mm-hmm. Um, who won the Super Bowl before the Chiefs? Um. So was let's, it Eagles? Was it Tom Brady? No, one Tom Brady. Was it was it Tom Brady or the Eagles? Uh, um, uh we had Rams, Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City, right? New England. Oh, let's go 2018. Fan favorite. Oh, he 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 made he ran Carson Wentz out of oh Nick, Nick Foles. Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah. What I would say that he, year, mm-hmm. just that year. Yep. Was a game managing quarterback. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. So, 2018. Okay. Last so, time we've yeah, had that game managing. Okay. Okay. So, I'm, I, I wanted to lay the groundwork for that, so people understand what we mean by game managing quarterback before we give our opinions on whether or not we believe at this day and age of 2022, can a game managing quarterback win at a high clip and win a Super Bowl um, in this era? So, um, I want to say that uh, that I think that it's some value to a game managing quarterback. 
But I do think that that particular idea of a game manager quarterback is waning. I think it's leaving the 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 game in a sense. Um, going back, like I said, going back to the last, you know, before 2018, after 2018, it's been an elite quarterback that's won a Super Bowl, you know, bar none. So I would say that it's it starting to fade. Um, but yet again, there is some still some value in it. Like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers is a great is a great example of them being highly successful. Um, but I do believe that they could, you know, the reason why they moved off Jimmy Garoppolo because they really feel like there was a ceiling there, and they really feel like they couldn't get over the hump with just a game manager. They need a more dynamic guy. About can, you know, a guy that can improvise, can make throws off platform, and can extend plays and do things so special like a Patrick Mahomes or or Justin Herbert does. You know, kind of situation. You know what what Russell Wilson does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the improv improvisational skills and things of that nature. So I really feel like that particular aspect is leaving. There is value in it. I think you can get to a certain point, but I do believe, based upon uh, the quarterback, that your system is going to take you but so far. And I would say that lends to the idea of Jared Goff getting to the Super Bowl against New England and not winning it. I think Jimmy G getting to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and not winning it. Um, so they realize that the system quarterback can, and uh, the game manager quarterback can get you a, to a certain degree because your system in you is so strong. Mm-hmm. It's so strong that you can literally get, you know, you can really catch people off guard, keep people off balance with your system and having, you know, both sides of your ball be really tight, your offense be tight, your run game be tight, your yeah. defense be stellar. But when it, when it comes down to that last two minutes of the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, you got to have your, your quarterback got to be special. Yes. Your quarterback yes. got to be special. And that's the, that's the, that's the delineation. If your quarterback isn't special in that moment, he can't throw the ball and make throws in the pocket. I mean, look at Matt Stafford in the last Super Bowl. He had to make a no-look throw to Cooper Cup in order to make a drive keep going in order for him to win this, the game. True. So one more game. So you have to be special in the special moments in order to be a quarterback, a winning Super Bowl quarterback in this era, in this last four to five years stretch. And I think that particular mindset in that era is going to continue. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on it? I I, I back you one hundred percent. Right. I back you one hundred percent with that. Um, that two minute situation. Um, if you don't have a lights out defense, mm-hmm. you're going to need that upper echelon type of quarterback, especially because we have went to such a pass happy system. Now mm-hmm. the, 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 the running back dependent play calling where uh, I call it the Denver with Terrell Davis type mm-hmm. of hey we gonna we're gonna finish the game out just mm-hmm. walking down the field. The two thousand uh, Ravens. To, yeah, I I think that is not mm-hmm. what it is. It's really coming down to uh, the last two minutes. We're gonna put the football in the quarterback's hands and let him throw us to victory, mm-hmm. right? And so you really need a a a a top tier. Um, type of quarterback because if not you have to have stellar um additional parts as you say it has to be good practically everywhere else everywhere else you're going to have to have again a lights out defense right Mm -hmm. and that defense is going to have to be in the lead right and that defense is going to have to be that type of defense where you're like hey man no they got a they got a solid defense yeah i would argue the defense will have to score points too Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So uh, outside of that, um, as you stated, you're going to have to have 
the 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 ability for the offense to go on the right arm or left arm of the person on the center to mm-hmm. get you down. Um, and even with that, that sometimes may not be enough uh, as we've seen. But mm-hmm. yeah, in today's time, man, I I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know how much faith even people have in a game managing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would that would lend to the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo's market is very slim to none at this moment. When they, uh, you know, the he's healthy now. They started camp, and the Fortnite's made it un, you know, they made it unequivocally clear that they are moving on with Trey Lance, without a doubt. So they and they haven't gotten the calls that they want to get at this moment to get him in house, and then and only person that really could benefit from a guy like Jimmy G would be the Seahawks at this point, and that's in the division. Yep. So if you want him, you have to pay. <laughs> That individual tax is big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that individual tax is big. So what he might go for, he might go for a fourth or fifth rounder outside of the conference. He's going to go for a second or third in the division. Yeah. Just yeah. let you know what that tax is like. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, again, there's some value in it, but it, it's a ceiling. And yes. I believe that the 49ers are a very good example of the idea that there's a ceiling there with Jimmy's injury history and his game managing ability and not being able to be elite in elite moments. I mean, look, I, again, if Aaron Rodgers does not completely utterly shit the bed in, in that game in Green Bay, they don't win that game. Either. They didn't score offensive touchdown. Nope. In that game. And that's all of the quarterbacks play. Yeah. You know, so. And no, he does not need to go to Cleveland. No. No, he does Jimmy not. Jimmy G does not need to go to no, Cleveland. No, no, that's, that's not it either. I mean, again, you know, whatever, whatever Deshaun gets, I mean, I think Jacoby Brissett is going to be the guy. Yes. So if, he, yes. if Deshaun gets any, any suspension that, you know, is going to warn him being out of knee length of time, they'll, they'll ride with Jacoby Brissett and they'll be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. So stop talking that. Oh, he should get traded to Cleveland for what? Right. Exactly. You're going to make a, you're gonna make a, 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 a situation worse because you're going to have too much. Controversy in, well, it's not a great controversy for me. It's going to be controversy for people who hate Deshaun. People yeah. are going to want Jimmy to play if they hate Deshaun being there. But yep. we must be honest. Deshaun Watson is a very is much better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo all day. Without a doubt. Without all a day. doubt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob said he's surprised that uh, Seattle hasn't gotten him yet. They're going to have to pay for him, Rob. Yep. They're going to have to pay big money to get Jimmy. They are. They, I don't think they're going to give him up in division, have to see him twice a year without him paying a heavy ransom. And I think I think there's a little bit of uh, I'm good enough in Pete Carroll. Um, I think this is where – you think you're smarter than you really are. Right. And I think, I think there's a little bit of i I'm going to show everybody what I can do with this Drew Locke, Geno Smith situation. Either that, or I'm looking for a reason to go out uh, and get released or walk away uh, from this situation, but we'll, we'll see. But Seattle is standing firm that their quarterbacks is, Going to be Drew Locke or oh, well, Geno yeah. Smith, or you, you got to ask, add this. He brought out the U.S. Army military tank early, and I'm going to have the first overall pick, and I could pick. I had my pick of the litter when it comes to quarterbacks next year. Yep, yeah. yep. So, I, mean, we'll I saw the Texans. You know, on, from a roster perspective, they hold out a team that's worse than the Seahawks. So, and they got a they got a much com- more uh, competitive division. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> all right man so that's gonna wrap up our show this week man, it, man. great excellent show man great show yeah. Yeah, um great you know, show. as always if you haven't caught this live you can catch it on replay um right live after the show on youtube and on monday mornings on all other platforms popular platforms you get your podcast from 
We'll be back next week. Uh, as always, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on, on both platforms, dual cast on Twitch and YouTube. In the meantime, in between time, that's Coach Kurt. I'm Coach Defense. Until next week, we'll see you when we see you. Step up and log it now.